I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello, fantasy managers, and welcome to our 2019 Round 28 preview episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider. This episode is brought to you by... Yeah, we would have had it brought to you by, but our guy's currently out on international duty, so... Guys uh, with Adult Swim, whatever. No, uh, I mean, uh, so, no, no, uh, sorry, uh, actually... Brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my partners in fantasy, Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle. How are you fellas doing tonight? Doing well. I'm good. Excellent. Well, glad to, one, be back. Glad to have you guys with us, and thank you so much for the excellent job you all did uh, while I uh, was off last week. Yeah, I mean, well, I think we had a good podcast last week. Um, I don't know how well some of them our picks turned out. Uh, I think we probably should have ended up listening to Thrawn's pick. Um, we need to get him back on the show, as well as Patrick. Um, they're definitely both smarter than me. Well, <laughs> I, I think we can all at least be sure that, that Thrawn was thinking far into the future when he made his pick. So I'm sure mm-hmm. he, he went heavy on all that stuff. Uh, well, but so, uh, but go. thanks. Thanks so much, guys, for doing that. And yes, thanks to Patrick for for being here on the show. Can you all hear my dog barking in the background? Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay, well then, this is one for the outtake reel, so hold on. <laughs> Get in here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Aw, cute doggy. <laughs> Get your toy. All right, that was a that's a that's an outtake right there. Sorry, everyone in podcast land, for that. Uh, my dog is uh, <laughs> and she scared my wife. So my dog is causing all sorts of problems tonight, which is sort of like what this last week was. Nothing but problems. Salvaged it right there, fellas. That's how it's Love done. Love that. Thank you. That's Thank a professional you. segue. Thank you. That's that's how that's a that's a Bobby Warshaw level segue. I. I would hope just just keeping it going, not letting it get it all mixed up. Uh, no, but last week was was crazy, and and we're gonna recap how everything turned out. It was a weird week, so let's start with with teams and everyone who's joined us in live chat right now. Welcome. Uh, get your your uh, feedback ready, cause uh, actually just start posting right now. I want to know how your teams scored, and let's start with you, Blaine. How'd you do? Um, 70 points, which was week rank 1680. So not great this round. Uh, would have liked to have been better. This actually moved me down a little bit in the overall standings. I think I dropped about 30 spots. Yeah, just a bunch of misses everywhere from guys I thought were going to play better. Um, I got a lot of threes and fours scattered throughout this team. Um, I went with Stuver to Westberg and that didn't help at all. Um, should have gone with Colorado there. Um, I did have Shinyashiki and Lewis on the bench, which were two mm. of my better scores this week. Nice. So that worked out really well. I know I plugged Shinyashiki, and then I was and I know uh, Mike plugged Mullins. 
And I saw that first game, and I'm like, oh, crap, I'm stuck with Shinishiki. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, he got me a 13, so... Now, if I would have dropped a Bobasi or Tati for Mullins and just had all the kids, it would have been great. Um, I did go with the Valeri <laughs> captain. I know I put it there, waiting to see the other lineups. So 18 points total from Valeri is not terrible for a captain. I know there were other better options. But I also remember saying I would like to captain somebody from Colorado knowing how they were playing, but I couldn't take a $6 million guy as a captain when I've got somebody like Valeri at home against Kansas City. So lost a few points by not going with that. But That's overall, fair. I mean, not a, not a great round. Uh, this is a round where I could see a lot of movement from a lot of players. I moved the wrong way, unfortunately. Michael. That's pretty much how you can sum up my week. Uh, 60 points, uh, abysmal all over the place. Um, My bet that New England was going to do well against New York City absolutely backfired um, with the red card. Um, And the fact that neither uh, Heal nor Bo was involved in the goal. Um, Other than that, oh, I also missed Josie didn't start. um, Mm. Saying he didn't have Patrick Mullins, um, you know, because I was doing stuff in the weekend. How dare I? So, yeah, I mean, so I had, you know, Castellanos didn't do anything. Smith for SKC didn't do anything. Um, my midfield was okay, but, um, yeah, you, you can't really recover from that. And, you know, I had the Westberg thing mess up. No Colorado defenders. I mean, from what I could tell, it was really depending on if you hit the right TFC players and you had some Colorado defense, mm-hmm. and I had neither, so I dropped like a rock, which was pretty bad because I was at the bottom anyway, so. Uh, well, as for myself, well, you know, let's let's go over to the the live chat real quick right here. So going through here, Thomas has an 83, which he said was weak rank 268 overall, uh, or weak rank 268 overall rank is 713. Fantastic, Thomas. That's an awesome. That's an awesome mm-hmm. result. Uh, Chris has a 76 with a weak rank. That's for some reason that's a real hard combination for me to say right now. Uh, <laughs> a weak rank, a WR of 858. Uh, Shannon has a, a WR of 64, uh, but said that her son even beat her with a 76. Oh wow, that's what it was. It was just a rough week, everyone. Uh, Charles has a 74 uh, overall, 48. That's awesome, Charles. Uh, oh, nice. Anybody else watching right now, be sure to put your team score in. I'm going to review mine uh, about on par. I got 77 points this week, so several of you scored higher than I did. It, it was rough. I did catch the news about um, Irwin starting for Colorado, so I got that switch, got that clean sheet. That was nice. Also had Smith. That was good there. And uh, that's... Almost where, where the good news ends. Uh, at least catching that, that shift is what got me. I had RO. Uh, I bet against FC Cincinnati, and, and that paid off for me there because I also had Pozuelo on my bench, got his nine points. Uh, I had Valeria as my captain, so I got 18 from him. Several of my players would have gotten 18 this week, though, so that, that was okay. Uh, brought in Lewis. I did listen to the podcast, guys, uh, so I did, <laughs> I did keep up with you, and I did like that tip that you were talking about, Blaine. I did like Lewis. Unfortunately, I did not go with, with Mike, with Mullins. I did have Fernandez. I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had Fernandez there in the but bench. But I've seen the lineup I would have, but... That's for well, sure. Sorry. Uh, then I did go with Morales as well. So he got a seven right there. So fairly average. And and when I tell you all how the leagues did, anyone listening, those of you in live chat, those of you on the podcast, anyone listening later on on YouTube, don't feel bad 
about your team scores because right now looking back at round 27 in the hosts fantasy imitational league and these are some of the best players in the league and that includes a lot of our patreon followers as well who are here that are just killing it this week we've got a couple of duds but you know that's just how it is it happens in every league and it's okay everyone needs an fc cincinnati and in a minnesota from a few years ago in their fantasy league to kind of help with some of the points but i'm going through overall number one winner this week for for points was our good buddy jason wiskovich who has had very strong showing some of the past what three of the past five or several of the past rounds jason's done really well he did yeah. it again this week 94 points uh was was his his score the top score in our in our league after that we had a couple of people in the mid and upper 80s uh, then we had some people in the upper 70s like <clears throat> myself but a lot of people fell in that 60 to 70 range so if you found yourself in that range uh that's that's where a lot of people ended up because this week was just straight up weird. It was a Twilight Zone kind of week. And you even get that when you look at the Dream Team. And, I mean, we're seeing the best captain would have been Keegan Rosenberry. Mm-hmm. Keegan Rosenberry at Colorado. A defender. A defender. I don't know if that's even yeah. the first time this year if that's happened. Um, I mean, Delgado did well, which... Which he has had spurts throughout the year, but you're not always going to bet on him, especially with two good mid- other midfield options right now in Toronto. Um, Bradley and DeLeon came up with a 10. That's that's a little bit different there. Shin Yashiki, great call right there, Blaine. Rossi sneaks in with an 8. I mean, that's that's kind of a, a random score to, to have there. Mm. But lots of random guys you may not have necessarily had oh. on your team, depending on what was going on. Uh, maybe you did. Uh, the best score you could have had if you had all these guys was 123 points. And... Actually, no, that's not even true because I forgot that the Dream Team doesn't follow the MLS roster rules, and it has mm-hmm. five people from Colorado on it. So, uh, but it, it's it's a really weird round. Going back to our our hosts' Invitational League, Sherry has been dealt her first loss of the season, well, of this of this half season, and it it came at the hands of older goaler. And it was just a small two points, a very small two points. Uh, but Sherry was dealt her first loss. She is still on top with a record of 11-0-1, and Ben Bear is right there on her heels. She still has a bit of a buffer, though. Uh, Sherry will be joining us, I think, next week, maybe in two weeks. But Sherry will be on the show, and we'll definitely talk to her about her her success in, in this part of the season. Um, I beat El Rey de Flo, which is um, Jason Sagini over at MLS, so a nice, a nice solid beat down right there blaine had a a good win uh, as well and i'm blanking on who who that team is that might be uh andrew crawlard is that who that is inter real sporting united foosball club i'll check in a second uh and then mike you beat uh no you lost sorry that's right you you lost (laughs) oh no i can't do that yeah i mean matt matt's had such a rough time i'm so sorry matt Matt got a solid win there. Uh, Petkey's printer, 85 to 60. Uh, it's amazing that 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 shows the worth of Petkey's printer. That it is still around and and doing good things even though Petkey is no longer there. Uh, that was a star flyer, Mike. Is the Interreal Sporting United Foosball mm-hmm. Club, and I believe that is actually is that you, Kyle? I think that's Kyle from chat. Uh, Seventy-four. Let's see here. I think that's. I think that might be. That might be Kyle from chat. But uh, so it's strange. So if you guys are having a rough week, 
don't don't worry. It, this was an international week. We knew that was going to happen. Uh, we'll talk about some of our takeaways, uh, but first, I do want to give one final shout out for one more league, and that is our Patreon league. And uh, Skiles is right there on top, ten one and. Oh, uh, HG has fallen down a couple more spots, and we have Seagraves, who's right behind him, second place now with a score of 9-1-1. One, and one. So very tight in the Patreon League. It's still jockeying back and forth as we're going down here for the final weeks. So, guys, let's talk about takeaways from this very strange week. And I've clearly already given my main takeaway is that this was a wild round. So, uh, chat... I want to start hearing what were some of your just most surprising fantasy moments while I talk to these guys, and then we'll go to your comments. Mike, let's start with you. Honestly, I wasn't really all that surprised. I mean, the closest thing to a surprise was the 2-2 draw in Orlando, just because I wasn't expecting it to be 2-2. I was expecting it to be a really low-scoring game. I could have seen LAFC win one nothing or something. I wasn't expecting a multi-goal game from both teams. But with the absences, it wasn't too much of a shocker. We expected Colorado to win, Toronto destroying. Um, FC Cincinnati was not a total shocker either. Um, Portland beating uh, Sporting Kansas City wasn't a terrible surprise, although it was an exciting game and came down towards the end. Um, I mean, maybe the closest thing to a surprise was New England beating or New England losing to New York City um, and New York City not getting more goals despite the chances created. But... I mean, it, it was a weird week with internationals and who ended up playing, but the results weren't all that surprising given the absences that we knew about going into it. Blake, yeah, how about I'm, you? Yeah, same basic thing. Um, one of the weirdest <clears throat> ones to me, I'll, I'll highlight a couple of things, was um, Jesus Medina getting both goals for New York City um, mm -hmm. and taking the PK with Morales still on the field. Like, that one kind of shocked me. That was, uh, I saw that late PK come through, and I'm like, okay, Morales is going to get a goal for me finally, and nope. So that that was just a little weird for me. And then um, I picked heavy against Sporting Kansas City. They were in that game until about the final 10 minutes, and they gave up two goals between, I think, the last 10 minutes and stoppage mm -hmm. time. And that was a big surprise for me. I thought they could play well on the road. I mean, I picked against them hoping I would get, just get the fantasy jinx on my team, on my fantasy team. And yeah, um, almost paid off for me, but then you get, um, Ibobasi getting a goal and a Valeria assist to Fernandez, who, if you forgot to swab Fernandez out and didn't see that lineup, he still came in and got you six points and a goal. So that was nice there. But I mean, I was just, I was shocked at how well Kansas city played on the road in Portland for that one. Um, I love this not... comment from Shannon. If I can interrupt real quick, the accidental oh, yeah, no. goal by Benny. Oh yeah. It was, a, it was a cross all the way. <laughs> I, I, what, he did points two hands points. over the face. Yeah. He did two hands over his mouth as a celebration too. Like I didn't mean to do that. So, I mean, he acknowledged <laughs> it on the field too. Like there, there was nothing about that. He crossed it right over everybody and into the net. It was, it was nice, but yeah, no, that, those were my two big takeaways or surprises. I guess that's what those are. Yeah. For me, it's, I think you guys are right. Uh, Mike, the, the two, two draw, I, I think that was a surprise, but missing some of those key, components for for la not as much but but still some of that performance by la can be a little bit of a surprise maybe vela not starting uh is a surprise i didn't think it was i mean that's what i've been saying for the past two weeks 
And and if you're listening right now and think if you're screaming at your at your TV or your radio or your headphones or your phone or whatever, if you're screaming right now, Vela, 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 I was not surprised by that. And it sounds like Mike uh, agrees as well. They're, they're yeah, winning. to me, the yeah. more surprising one was Josie because, I mean, Toronto fans, even like Waking the Red, put out a lineup, you know, the day before expecting him to come back. Um, you know, I t- in hindsight, it's not all that surprising. Nippert Field is not great turf, and, you know, clearly they felt that they could win without him. Um, but, I mean, that, that was the only surprise because I thought they would maybe kind of push him a little bit harder uh, because of where they are uh, in the table and then really ma- needing to make sure they get all the results they can. Uh, but maybe they're saving them for this uh, double game week coming up, so we'll we'll have to see. Yeah, and Josie, the result speaks for itself. You got they got a five-one win. They came in with a game yeah. plan and executed. They didn't need Josie. Why risk the injury? Why aggravate something and possibly lose him for a more important game? I mean, Josie's um, backup is better than him anyway. So. <laughs> and and for Vela, I mean, we we've seen LA doesn't need the points they well i mean they, they'd like them but i mean they've won they've secu- they've secured a spot they're moving on let the man rest i mean hamstrings even these little sprains are no joke and i am not surprised mm-hmm. that it's been two weeks maybe even a third week for him just to be sure but they did not need yeah. these points for this crazy international week mm-hmm. wait till all of your players are back and you're not doing something strange so not surprised at all uh just the only thing i was really surprised is where some of the points came from so like you had mentioned mike not seeing the points from bow or heel having some some weird points fall even with new york city fc if where we thought it might have fallen fallen with castellanos well is another one only getting nine points in a five goal game you know yeah exactly uh so just mm-hmm. just where some of these points fell it was what was a little surprising, but I mean, we knew it was going to be kind of a strange week. So you're right. Not a whole lot of surprises, but a few things we could probably learn. So what about lessons? Everyone in chat, what uh, is your biggest takeaway from round 27? Blaine, we'll start with you. Oh, let's just go with the joke one. Uh, play your kids. Um, we saw a lot of young guys step up this week. Um, Shinishiki being one of the highlights for me this week. It just on these on these weird rotation weeks, don't be afraid to pull the trigger on some young guys. I mean, Mullins is another one, but you've got some young, hungry guys that are ready to prove themselves. Uh, Shinyashiki's one that is young enough that he may be able to bounce to Europe if he really impresses, but he's just trying to lock down a starting spot in MLS. Uh, he's behind Kamara and Rubio, but he's making a strong case for it. And that's what happens a lot of these weeks. You'll see some young guys come in and play really well. I think, um, was it Eric Williamson for Portland was really impressive. Um, I think he was a DC homegrown is what they were saying, but Portland went out and bought his rights so they could bring him over. And he played, looked really good against a mostly first team sporting team. And so there's, this is a chance for young guys to shine and don't be afraid to play some of these guys. Cause they do have monster weeks every so often, especially when they could get their chance to prove themselves. Mike. Um, I, I mean, I guess maybe, I, honestly, there's really not much of a takeaway I have. I mean, maybe the only takeaway, you know, that's relevant for next week is, like like Blaine said, Medina taking that PK uh, and having a brace. Uh, I could see Medina getting some playing time in this double game week. Otherwise, I don't know that there's a whole lot that you can take other than, you know, Seattle is decimated, but that's not going to be the case coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, don't just, I just don't know how there's a whole lot you can learn 
from this week with the international absences, not to mention most of the results played out kind of normally, except the ones that we already mentioned. And those weren't like two terribly weird results. It's not like Cincinnati beat TFC or something like that. So I think it's one of those you just kind of take your lumps. International breaks are weird. That's why we said last week, you know, weird things can happen. Don't think this is just going to be a stock. Everyone's going to get the same score week because if you, if you hit on the right players, you can get um, some really good results because it's, it's weird. It's hashtag because MLS. So I think there's two, maybe three takeaways from this round that impacts fantasy. One of them has already been mentioned in, in chat, and I'm going to highlight that right now. Thomas made this call. Robin Frazier is undefeated as Rapage coach and could go to Toronto on Sunday and beat TFC. That is not a ridiculous comment that, that I'm seeing right now in <laughs> chat from that. Uh, nope. Colorado is, is undefeated right now with their new coach. They they do have some form. They do have some players like Lewis, like Shin Yoshiki, like we've been talking about. So a fantasy takeaway from for me with that game uh, kind of goes along with what Blaine was saying. Play your kids. There are kids playing, cheaper players playing with fantasy, and they're getting some results. Uh, and and I think they're that just reinforces work worth looking at them, especially with uh, double game week coming up. That that will have some of these names I think mentioned. Again, so the Colorado players, I think, is a great takeaway as, as the season's winding down, especially for the picks. And then we're going to go over to Toronto. We had some conversation, uh, I don't think it was last week, but uh, two weeks ago, if memory serves. Uh, maybe I had a conversation last week off, off screen. But um, we were talking about Pozuelo and Benizet. I did not look up that name beforehand to see if I pronounced it right. But their new, their new midfielder out of Spain, I believe, if that's right. Um, but people were asking, who are you going to go with? And if price is going to be an issue, what's going to happen? We saw them both produce in this last round. Uh, we have seen some, some poor results from Pozuelo going forward. So now they had these multiple targets. If you do get Josie back into the picture, you're going to have some more play there going to be looking at your budget it's going to be a toss-up could be a situation like Avaco and Erickson that you want to keep an eye on but Toronto does have a couple of options both can get goals both can get points and in, in a right match maybe you even want both of them unfortunately that right match may have been this last one that we just had um yeah for sure uh, after that I think that's really I mean it's limited it's definitely limited I think that's about all I really take away fantasy wise yeah Going over to chat, Shinya Shiki's new hair uh, and dyed mustache were also a shock. Yes, Shannon, I think that <laughs> was a shock for sure, for sure. Uh, Jojo, don't wait to the last game to do switcheroos. Had to make more switches to try to get more points, and it backfired. That's a great takeaway. That is a fantastic takeaway for everyone listening right now to think about. Good thing to build on going into our next season, uh, the the new year for fantasy. Um, that's that is the inherent danger of the waiting for the late game and it's why sometimes i've even given the advice of maybe not going with Vela or not going mm -hmm. with Slatan or some of these big name players because there's so much riding on that last game and if you don't have anybody there it, it can backfire on you portland yeah, offered a jump. little oh go ahead oh i want to jump in on that because i think that's a great takeaway and i tried last week to talk about it at some at one point where i had josie in my lineup with the plan to switch to Fernandez. And I go, if for some reason Fernandez doesn't start, I've got a Boba C plus an upgrade at my defender to use that extra cash. 
um, especially on these short weeks, but really on any week when you're going into that and you're looking at the late games, have a plan. Know which guys you want to get, or if somebody plays in one of the little bit earlier games, like I wanted Fernandez, but maybe when I saw Josie wasn't playing, I should have switched to Mullins and just said, no, I'm going to go with this one because I just don't know if Fernandez is going to go and I don't want to get stuck with that money on the bench. I'd rather have it to use it, take cheaper Mullins and then have that money to use in the next game and make a switch. Um, I think that's a great takeaway and the way to fix that, the, what I would get, what I advice I would give is to plan out your moves ahead of time. When you know, you've got a guy who's on an injury risk or rotation risk is just have a plan for that player, for that position and know where you're going before the week starts. That way you're not scrambling at the last minute and making a ton of changes because that's bit me way too many times. And I think it's bit everybody way too many times. Oh, I've freed up two million. Let's go change up my whole roster and then you start screwing everything <laughs> up. So have a plan ahead of time and that really makes those late transitions disappear or you have a plan to deal with the money on those late games. Yeah, and what I was gonna add something similar. Portland was a was kind of okay because you at least have sort of like if it was a Valeri, you have a Valeri Blanco kind of alternative right there. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on how those teams are falling. San Jose is an okay one with sort of the Vaco Erickson kind of situation, though that's not really a rotation risk that we've seen. Uh, but no, that's a fantastic take. Uh, great explanation for it. Um, let's see here. Oh, thanks, Thomas, correcting uh, <laughs> Benize, and it's probably Benize without the teeth because he's from France. Gotcha. Pozuelo's from Spain. Got that mixed up. Thank you much for getting that fixed up. Um, and I think that's... Oh, I guess Patrick Mullins. Can we can we mention that yeah, one, Yeah, but that probably should have been the takeaway is to always pick up Patrick Mullins and play him. <laughs> Mike's... Mike, yeah, Patrick Mullins for you is uh, just, just a big man crush, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Is it... Reed, is it any different than Will Bruin for you? You know, it's not. <laughs> it is not. Will Bruin is Well, amazing. to be fair, Patrick Mullins is also from where I am and went to my... So there's a little bit more connection. He was former New Orleans jester. I gotta give props to my... Yeah, no, completely more connection than me. Uh, I just like Will Bruin because he has come through for me oftentimes with fantasy. And so he's just... And he dances. So that's that's what it is. Uh, okay, well, yeah, Mike is the head of the of the Mullins fan group for sure, for sure. He'll, he's going to make that's his new podcast project. We're not doing the Star Wars thing. It's going to be just a one hundred percent Patrick Mullins podcast, and that's hosted by Mike. Um, all right, well, thank you guys for participating in uh, your takeaways and your fantasy reactions. It was a short week. The last short week, we're getting back to business as usual. Let's move on to our Patreon housekeeping section and see what we have coming up for round 28. And surprise, surprise, I know round 28 is a double game week. You all knew that was coming. We're getting back into uh, a few more double game weeks before we end things. I believe we end on two regular game weeks, so everything's going to settle down at the end. But got a few double game weeks coming in to help cap off the season. This week, we have eight teams who are playing a double game week. We have New York City FC, Toronto, Houston, Minnesota, Colorado, the LA Galaxy, Real Salt Lake, and San Jose. Uh, nobody's on a bye, but those are the eight teams that we have. Of those teams, we have New York City FC with a double home game. And then we have 
see I didn't do a, a quick look enough I don't think I didn't make this note I don't, and nobody uh, we have San Jose on a double away game so New York City FC's double home San Jose Earthquakes the lone double away game team that we have everybody else rotates and um it's going to be interesting. I don't know if any of the double games really jump out right now as definitely easier or not. The Houston-Minnesota one's a really weird one that's kind of throwing me off in some ways. But yeah. uh, that's what you're going to want to look at as far as your double game week focuses. If you need switcheroo options, you're going to want to look at Sporting Kansas City. They have some good budget guys for lots of the positions and also DC United. You should be able to find uh, teams right there. I will also throw out right now that if you're looking for a keeper-roo option, you're going to want to look at New York City and Real Salt Lake. That is the only game if you want to do uh, any kind of keeper-roo option with the double game week teams. Those are the only games that are going to let you do that that will let you see the New York City result before you have that option for Real Salt Lake. So that's your only real keeper-roo option this week if you want to use two double game week teams. So uh let's see here after that uh let's talk about the international break so that's we've got one game down one game to go people are coming back people are flagged it's kind of weird mike what can you help us with here um a lot so um the deal with the international break is some players have been released early i don't have the entire list i can flag a few of them for you um but i mean a lot of mls teams have been trying to get people back so this is what we've got. Um, for Colorado, Anderson, Rubio, Kamara, Bassett. For the Galaxy, Flesher, Jonathan Dos Santos, uh, Leggett, and Atuna. For Minnesota, Toy, Dotson, Gregus, Molino, Schuler, and Lod. Uh, for New York City, for New York City, um, the biggest one is Maxi Morales is suspended for yellow card accumulation. Some New York City fans have been trying to fight this on Twitter. Don't listen to them. Um, Max Morales got a fine, which interrupted the good behavior incentive, so he is, in fact, suspended. So he's going to be gone that game, too. Um, Cheneau has left for international duty. Even though he played on the weekend, he's going to be gone. Um, Callens, uh, Sean Johnson is one of those players who has come back. Um Justin Hack played today for the U20 team. I don't think he'll be able to come back in time to play for the midweek game, but he's someone who might be in there and mess, might mess with some rotations. Um, for RSL, Herrera, Glad, Lennon, Corey Baird, Savarino, Saucedo, Ochoa, and Rusnak. Um, and Jason Wiskovich did confirm that RSL was not able to get Rusnak back. Um, for San Jose... Kashia, Lopez, Nick Lima, Marchanowski, Fuentes, Jackson Ewell, and Vaca are the players who are gone. For uh, Houston, it's uh, Struna, um, Bizama, Figueroa, Elise, and Saren. For Toronto, it's Larea, Telfer, Osorio, and Fraser. And that's all that I have. Uh, you know, MLS Discipline hasn't updated, so I don't know who's on yellow card warning. Um, I have a feeling ring is going to be on it, but I, I have to double check and make sure. So here's a crazy thought I just threw out as a fun joke into the chat. And I'm going to share it now so that everyone listening on SoundCloud can hear as well. I think that in these situations when we have so many players who are not available during these international breaks, uh, that we should just get the fantasy points based on their performances with their international teams. 
<laughs> I think I think don't, that's a solid compromise. Yeah, um, don't pick any US players. Load up. <laughs> last weekend was load up on Canadian players. Yeah. Yeah, big congrats to them as well. Good job, guys. Good job. <laughs> uh making it making it through. Uh so yeah, that's an option or you know, the more teams we keep adding, and maybe that's the real push behind all our expansion is to make sure we have enough games to actually go on during an international break. Um we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. So, all right, Mike, thank you so much for breaking that down, especially that Maxi Morales one. I knew that you'd be the one to be able to make that clear because I have seen so many questions about that on Twitter today. So I, I knew you would take care of that one. Let's move on to what everyone is here for, and that's player picks, especially seeing Blaine player pick on the fly. Gonna be fun. I'm really looking forward to this, especially since I'm going to have him uh, yeah, I'm gonna have you lead things off. We're gonna, we're gonna. I, I, I was gonna do it because I usually do it, and then I hesitated for a second, and I want to do it. I really want to do it. So, I've, I've vamped enough for you here. So let's talk about our round 28 player picks. But first, we're gonna use our usual questions. Best game for fantasy points, Blaine. Oh, and I'm not ready for that question, Mike. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't think there is one. Um. And that's a weird thing to say, but a lot of these, I mean, there's double game week teams. They play each other. So, I mean, just looking at the double game week team, it's just kind of ugly. Uh, I mean, I can see Toronto really beating up on New York City because New York City is not going to have Max Morales and it's not going to have both center backs out. So, if I have to pick one, that's the one I would pick. So, yep. Blaine. Yeah, I'm with Mike. This is this is really hard to pick. If I had to pick like a team to kind of go with, um, I kind of like the Minnesota United setup. Um, just Houston, it's Houston on the road, and then it's a home game versus uh, RSL. Like this week, this I kind of like the way they're set up, even if they are missing a few players. Um, I just like the way they're set up for points this week. Thomas says that he likes the Real Salt Lake versus San Jose lineup in his opinion uh that's not a bad one it's not a bad one they still have some of their some of their potent pieces there at san jose uh, and as mike was saying ourselves missing some people. Bunch of people yeah i mean that's just another one that's, it's a weird one i can see points but you know no glad no rosnack no vaco it's just a little weird to me uh, I'm actually looking at that colorado la galaxy game because la galaxy have had some struggles on the road, or not on the road, they've had some struggles on defense. Let's just, let's just call it like as it is. Uh, they've had some struggles on defense. Colorado's been putting up some points. Uh, to be fair, this has sort of been on and off for Colorado for most of the season. Uh, they've given up points, but they've been able to, to fight back and, and get, get their own licks in as well. Um, but LA's got some pieces now. They're, they've got Zlatan, of course, and they've got Pavone now, who have been building a good good connection uh, but they're on the road in Colorado and that's a hard place to play so I I like the potential for that game because I think enough key pieces are still there to be able to to put up some good numbers uh, if you're not going to look at one of those games I think you're going to be looking at a single game week game as a potential for the best score and that's not the question I'm going to ask yet so for, next <laughs> we're going to say are there any players Mike that you are hard pass on Um, I was not ready to think about this. I don't know that there's anyone that you were like 
pick out of the double game weeks and I'm a hard pass on. Um, maybe the only option would be um, Tati Castellanos. Um, I just have a suspicion he's going to get rotated. So that's kind of my only pass for this week. Out of the double game week. Sure. Blaine? Um, I'm kind of looking at Josie. Just nursing some injuries. I know these are two fairly important games. Um, could have rested him on the weekend for the midweek game, go get some needed points in the Eastern Conference, and then maybe not play him at home against Colorado, a game that's not quite as important to them. Um, and just with the injury history he's had lately, I just don't know if he's going to go even 120 minutes this week, especially with the way Mullins played this weekend. I mean, that could be a shot. Give him another shot, see what happens, and go from there. Good pickup, good pickup. Well, now let's get to the big question that a lot of people are asking about, single game week players. Uh, we tiptoed around it just now. Are there any single game week players, or is there a single game week game that you guys find tempting enough to be in your consideration for players this week? Mike. Um, the only one I have is is in a keeper and it's just because of the defense's issues with double game weeks and international breaks. Um, in general, no. Um, Vela, you know, being out, plus they're on the road to Philadelphia. It's not a great matchup, so I wouldn't look at him. Uh, I've seen Joseph Martinez be talked about a lot, and, you know, I know Columbus is an interesting point uh, possibility, but, you know, it's it, – I don't. He's he's so expensive that I find it hard to justify it, um, unless like you're doing it as part of like a keeperu or an autoru kind of situation. That's I, I I don't know. I just in general I find double game week players are better than single game weeks, and while that is an interesting matchup, I don't know that I love it enough over the forwards that are available. Blaine. Um, yeah, I'll actually just call out two games here. Um, I like Atlanta at Columbus for that early one. I think if you are on the fence or if you want to try something crazy, you could go with a switcheroo with Tati or Wondolowski, one of those cheaper forwards, because they're playing the first game on Saturday as well. So you'll see double scores from both of those teams. And that's an easy way to switch a forward out for Martinez. And if you don't, and, and that leads into the second game on a pick here in a second, but Martinez, that's a good matchup. Columbus's defense has not been strong. Um, you've also got Gressel and a couple other players that you could look at there if you're looking for a cheaper option. This is a good auto route game to go into or a switcher game to go into, especially since you're going to see those. And then the other game I really, really like this week is actually Portland hosting D.C., um, Portland's been getting on a roll. DC has struggled a lot. I know they've gotten better lately since Kamara's come in, but this is one of those games where I think if it's a Bobasi starting, I mean, really good price. Again, Fernandez on the back end is another one. But if you're if you're not sold on the midfielders we have this week, which I had some questions about the double game week midfielders. I really sure. think uh, Valeri pick this week against DC at home could be money. Um, is that DC has struggled, especially on the road. So I, I could definitely see picking against them with a somewhat hot team. Or I guess they haven't been hot lately, but they just got back on the right side of things, but trying to make that playoff push. Um, this is a good one where a home game against a rough road team. Um, yeah, Valeria is definitely on my radar. I don't have him in my draft currently, um, but he's definitely one of those guys I'm looking at. Bold. that Two bold picks. I like it very much. <laughs> well, let's start talking about who is 
in your team right now. So Blaine, kick us off. Keepers, defenders, and cliche chances, who do you have? I only had to make one switch on my defense from what Mike said about who's gone, and that was dropping Dotson out. Um, I upgraded him to Metonair. I had the money for it. It was one of those I wanted Dotson because he was cheaper and he's been putting up numbers, but I'll take one of the better defenders back there for going forward. Um, I am running your keeper option with Johnson to Ramondo so I can see the double scores and go from there. I do think um, RSL hosting San Jose is a good one, but a double homekeeper is hard to break. And if Johnson has a good first game, I'll probably leave it and just save the money on Ramondo. Um, and Mike then I've got. Oh, I've, I'm not. I was not paying attention to y'all for that. Oh, this is football has pleased me on my phone. <laughs> yeah. And and then I've got Herrera from RSL and Steras from LA just to kind of round it out. Um, Steras being a cheaper option. Uh, the Colorado game may be a little rough, but the sporting game has enough of an upside. Plus, he's a little he's on the cheaper side at five point two. I just thought he was a good, solid double game week option this week. Mike. Um, so, yeah, so my picks are kind of weird this week. Um, I mean, they're really weird every week. I don't know why I'm pretending that I'm normal this year. Um, so I have Sean Johnson as part of Keeperu with Evan Bush, mostly just betting against Cincinnati. Um, with that, um, we'll just kind of see um, how Sean Johnson does, and maybe I'll take a look at the RSL lineup to think about swapping into uh, Ramondo. Uh, for, for that part of the keeper but i figure bush is a safe um single room option if, if that if it comes to that um for defenders I, i've actually been spending a lot on defense this week i have ro for tfc i have tommy thompson from san jose uh and then i have Steras on the field and then on the bench uh, i have rosenberry um not a whole lot of logic to that other than that they've been pretty good recently um and i think they all have a little bit of uh, offensive potential and with the craziness of still being in an international break, I'm interested in that. So that's kind of what I went with. Um, I, I did have Dotson to start off with, but with those many that many absences from Minnesota, I kind of shied away from it. Uh, yeah, I think those are some good, solid picks. I've got some overlap with both of you. I have Aro. I have Metnair on, on my draft team right now. Going with a couple of... Uh, switcheroo options for for defense though looking at some midfield forward uh, maneuvers myself right now but i also like smith i brought him in from from colorado just a budget player i i, I see a lot of people go with stairs a lot and i just don't like la galaxy with their defense and, and what tends to happen with them so uh, Smith's honestly not not so much better uh, because I mean there's always the Zlatan factor and and Pavone connection is is doing doing good things but uh, they're on good form might get some some bonus points if he's got to deal with those guys a lot and there's that Toronto game that could help out so uh, I think you, you could actually if you wanted to go crazy you could have a lineup that has multiple Colorado players in it since yeah, several of them might you give you some late season price rises as well if you're still looking to squeeze out a few more more points right there but i mean abu bakar rosenberry smith you've got you've got some good options right there that you could that you could work with uh, otherwise i think you guys nailed a lot of the good options um some of the new york city players i know have been popular right now with i guess first drafts of teams i don't know if that's the best option with some of the people missing maybe that's just betting a lot on uh, toronto and san jose not having great results but 
Um, yeah, and I mean, you know, I I mean, I have Sean Johnson in there just and it's such a big, mostly because it's double home. Yeah, but for as sure. far as going with else, um, you know, I'm not gonna. I don't think you're gonna get a clean sheet. I mean, unless one of these teams just has like a really bad performance. Um, I mean, even Tinnerholm. I mean, I'm kind of worried about the rotation we see in the New York City lineup, especially for a guy like Tinnerholm. This is not a game that New York City really needs because of the games in hand and the bleed that they have now, now that they're in first in the East. Especially if you're already missing Max Morales, Cheneau, and Callens, I could see Dome saying, I'm going to give Tinnerholm a rest because he needs to rest for the rest of the year. We have more important games against Philly and Atlanta coming up in the next four and we you know we can afford to lose this one because this is essentially our game in hand and we'll just get the points back with the regular weekend games from here on out so um i'm a little bit hesitant about some of the other new york city defenders i mean johnson for the keeper i think it's just easy because it's home games and what else are you going to do for a keeper you know yeah no i like that yeah um I'll jump in really quick again. I'm going with the Johnson Ramondo because it's the tactically sound option. Um, I actually think Minone from Minnesota would probably be my top keeper. And if Johnson, for whatever reason, is sitting out that first game, or if I just get that gut feeling, I may switch over to Minone at the last minute just because I think he's got the best option. And I don't really want to go with the Johnson Ramondo and tie up that much money. I think that's 14 something million there i if i'm going to spend the money on romando i might as well just start minone who i like better this week yeah romando's 8.8 and that's expensive for for him i think can i throw out a weird um pick for, yeah. for keeper yeah. uh willis i mean houston plays vancouver vancouver we know has um a lot of issues uh scoring and then minnesota is missing a lot of their key components including mason toy who's been a really good really huge part of their offense um, they've been seeming to kind of struggle when it's just Quintero, um, no Molino, um, no Gregus. So so a lot of their offensive punch is kind of taken out. So I could see Houston kind of pulling a surprise against Minnesota at home and then getting – so if you kind of want to go differential, go go Willis. I, th- I think you could do a lot of followers. No, that's that's not a bad pick. I hadn't thought about him. That That is a good call. Uh, the, the Houston-Minnesota game, if you are looking as an option, just tactically for those of you listening – the show tonight if if you are looking at them as a source of a keeperoo you can do it it's not ideal because you won't be able to see the full new york city toronto game but you'll you'll get a large chunk of it so um if you do see a goal given up and and not a lot of point production at that time then you could be safe to move with that but you just won't be able to see everything which is why we were advocating real salt lake if you don't like that game i get it uh like I was saying, and then Blaine is also going, you get to see both games, two shots at a double game week keeper that you can, that you can see with, with for sure. But I like, I like that Manone pick. I like that, that Willis pick. I mean, maybe that ends up being a zero, zero draw and you're just, and you're just, just sitting pretty no matter who you go with, but uh, Mm -hmm. good options, good options. Indeed. If I had to go with a single game week keeper, I would be tempted with Bush. Um, I would probably look at Bush or Guzan maybe for my keeper. The, yeah. the weird thing with, with Bush, and and that's the weird thing with Cincinnati, is I've been willing to bet against them the entire season, and it's not been a, a poor choice for, for most of it. Because, I mean, it's, it's just the way year one is. Um, but there's always just seemed to find that way 
to get that goal, to get that one goal. And it seems like it's been Ledesma who's been doing it. So it's like that one little squeaker comes in and kind of ruins a clean sheet. So that's the only thing that I have yeah. like in the back How of my head. How many late penalties have we seen Cincinnati awarded to ruin clean sheets for fantasy? Like they're they're mostly pity Not calls. Not enough. At this point, right? <laughs> <laughs> pity calls, nice. Um, and I'm gonna address something in in chat. Well, I'll address two things in chat. But first, with JoJo, he mentioned that the Minnesota players are still green, not red dots. MLS hasn't updated the app. That's why you have to check. Those dots are not accurate. I can go on a 20-minute rant about how the app fails to provide adequate information to fantasy players. But that's but a different podcast. It's already 930. It's a different that's podcast. And I'm in a good mood. That's so right. Because the Saints are winning, yeah. and that's the wrong football. And I didn't even think you were watching NFL this year because you were mad. I wasn't watching. It popped up on my phone. There we go. All right. Let's move on to midfielders. Mike, who do you like? All right. Who do I like? back up all right um uh let's see um so i like do like san jose this weekend um matt doyle starting out a stack consistently about um rsl um really suffers without justin glad so i think san jose's offense is going to have a lot of success even without vaco um so i think erickson will be, be able to take advantage of that so i have him um, right now I have Alex Ring. I'm going to kind of double check and make sure that he's not on warning. Um, if he's on warning, I'll probably substitute him out for somebody else. Um, I have Pavone. We talked about it. He's done really well so far um, in linking up with Zlatan. Um, and I think in general, and we, I should have mentioned this uh, with the Steres, uh conversation, um, I, I do think I do like LA's matchup against Sporting Kansas City um, for the simple fact that Sporting Kansas City is now pretty much out of the playoffs. So I think that might be something for LA to take advantage of. And then I have Pozuelo for the New York City um, issues. Um, and then on my, on my bench coming in um, as part of the auto route, I have just uh, Jesus Medina. Uh, he scored a brace. Uh, I have kind of noticed that Dome tends to ride a hot hand and reward players um, who do well. I can also see him taking a rest. I know we do have a chat and comment, which is the other one I wanted to address, about Dome putting out his best lineup. One, I kind of question coaches when they say that because sometimes they say that and then rotate number two even if he is putting out his best lineup i could see him putting in medina kind of let him try to play the maxi role we saw keaton parks play center back i mean he's just really short-handed this week so i don't know what this best lineup really is but i can see him kind of letting some guys take some rests and get a little bit of rotation consider that his best lineup since these guys are needing rest so that's just something to think about obviously check the lineups i could be wrong who knows? And he just goes full out guns blazing. But um, I think Jesus Medina is probably going to play. Um, Tidy's kind of slacked off a little bit the last two games. So I could see Jesus Medina getting in there, getting chance, see if he can ride the hot hand, like I said. Lane, who do you got? Yeah, um, I kind of agreed with Mark at the, or with Mike at the front end of the lineup. <laughs> um, yeah, I like Erickson and Ring this week. I will be watching Mike's post to see if Ring is on yellow card warning. That does put a huge hit on there. Uh, the way they like to play against Toronto, I could see a yellow card popping for him real easy. And then I've got Pozuelo also in there. Um, he came back. He looked strong this last week. Nine points isn't great. He wasn't involved a whole lot, but he's back out there and playing. I think you got to risk it this double game week. I just don't see too many better options. Um Two of the guys I've got in here, um, I want to see the things. I know Jay was talking online. He thinks Savarino is going to be back. And so if Savarino is back, I'm going to be running with him. Um, I do have that spot. Those 
the times are about 30 minutes off, but we should see the RSL lineup with about 10 to 15 minutes to spare before the LA game locks. Um, if Savarino is not in the lineup, I will be switching that back to Pavone. And so that's going to be a really tight window to watch on Wednesday night. So guys keep an eye on that one if you want to, but that's kind of my trade off there. If ring is on a yellow card warning, Savarino and Pavone could both be there. Although getting stuck with Savarino late could be devastating because I don't really have anybody to switch to at that point. So I'm still trying to wrap my head around that whole uh, situation there. And then I have Finley in my lineup at the moment. He's kind of the one I'm wavering on. He's mm-hmm. definitely a bench auto reposition. Um, put him alongside somebody like Ring or Savarino and see if he can outscore one of these guys that I would expect to have a decent score. Um, Finley's been known to go off this season a little bit. He does have a few goals and a few assists. Um, so given given the start and the lack of other playmakers, this could be a chance against a kind of weak Houston team to put up some numbers on the road and then just pad the score against RSL at home. Um, guy at 7.4, I don't think it's a huge risk to run with him, but he's definitely kind of the weak link, and I am kind of looking for ways to upgrade him depending on where the rest of the lineup goes. That's a... Uh... That's an interesting one. I had not thought about that. I have similar players. You guys have mentioned many of the guys that I have, Pavone, Erickson. I'm on the fence about Savarino myself. Uh, I am mostly focused on which Toronto midfielder do I want, and that is uh, Pozuelo or Benize. And right now, I don't have Pozuelo in my team, uh, and I'm going the other direction. A little bit cheaper, frees up some money. Not sure if I want to have a pivot option available for a single game week forward, which we'll talk about later. Um, so I'm trying to find that balance right now. That may also play, again, part into some of my keeper option as well with, with 8.8 there with Mormondo. But uh, I, I think you guys have covered a lot of the players. I don't think Houston offers many midfield options. I think you are right to look at Finlay. I, I think they have the better midfield budget options if you're looking at double game week guys um and then the the single game week players i just i just don't think there's anybody that's going to challenge the double game week players at this point maybe maybe valeri like you mentioned blaine possibly valeri with with some of that frustration that dc has been going through i would entertain a valeri pick as as option i do like that that as a go-to let's move on two forwards since we're kind of beating around this bush right now uh blaine who do you like for forwards yeah so this is kind of my most fluid area of the lineup this week um international windows suck so (laughs) we're gonna kind of play with it um uh right now i've got tati on the bench uh start with the bench spot this time because it's the first game if he plays um i'm gonna roll with him at 7.3 that's not a terrible option but if he's not and Mullins is, I'm going to go ahead and grab Mullins. Like, there's a lot of layers to this to this week's picks. Um, I think I like him better at that si- kind of similar price point, the little bit cheaper option. So I'm going to run with him. Um, second guy on the list, I've got him in my starting lineup because Tati is kind of hit or miss, and that's um, Shinyashiki. I'm going to stick with him this week. Um, Rubio and Kamara will not be back for that first game, and the LA defense is not the best. So 
Um, I think Shinishiki is a good option again this week for at least one game. And if he's still hot after that, I could see him playing in Toronto as well. And he usually comes off the bench at some point in these games anyway. So I think you've got a good shot at 120 minutes here from him. And that first game is kind of juicy for me. So I'm going to stick with it. So again, when Blaine mentions Mullins, Mike does does a victory, which I don't know is touchdown or it is celebration for Mullins, but uh, it is a celebration for the growing um, love of Patrick Mullins. I think got it. Cool. <laughs> got it. That's something well, that we all is all it the see. love of Patrick Mullins or the lack of other options this week? Ouch! Ouch! How dare you? Well, Mike, How let's hear you your so options. <laughs> Oh, I didn't get um, finished yet. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Your third one. <laughs> oh, your um, third one. At third one, the only guy that's locked into my lineup is Zlatan for four. Yeah. <laughs> I, was yeah. say, like, I, was like, I didn't hear Blade say Zlatan. Yeah, so, yeah uh, I didn't get the chance to say Zlatan. So, yeah, um, he's definitely in my lineup. And then another guy, depending on how money breaks up, is Minotas for Houston. Um, he's a little more expensive, and that's why he's not in there currently. But if I see a lot of weird rotation in these teams, especially with Toronto and New York City, um, he's one of those guys that plays early that I may try to get in if I have to start cutting budget somewhere else. Well, you ruined my transition. So, Mike, what about you? Um, I do have a Zlatan as well. I think he's probably, the, like like Blaine said, he's the only lock. Um, I do have Patrick Mullins. Um, I have him on the bench Kind of the same reason for Blaine with uh, Toddy. Let's see. We'll see how he does. See what what's the condition of Jose. And then I have Wando um, as the other forward. Um, he's been pretty consistent recently. Um, you know, since he's earning the starting spot back again. Uh, like I said, I don't trust RSL's defense um, even at home. Um, so I think Wando can have some success. He's also the type of player who can like really mess with New York City. Um, He's just that, you know, those kind of target forwards can, like, really mess with New York City when they're timing the possession, and then you get the quick counterattack, and, you know, he can do the target man kind of. So uh, I, I can see some success from him. I'm especially looking for a big game for him um, in the beginning. So, you know, if Josie Altidore does play instead of Patrick Mullins, I actually have enough money, I think, to swap in Josie um, for Patrick Mullins, and then I'll put Josie in and probably put Wando on the bench, but. Uh, we'll we'll have to see how how that all shakes. That's Good what plan. I'm doing with. Good plan. I've got a mix of both of you all. I've got Zlatan as well. I've got Shinya Shiki and I've got Wando, uh, going with some little bit of budget there, uh, keeping up some options. The I haven't decided about about Joseph, and we've mentioned Joseph a few times. Is he a single game week player that you're willing to try to make room for, depending on how some of these early double game weeks turn out? Either of you. Yeah. Patrick's a yes. We know he's a yes. <laughs> so this this is a tough conversation to have because it or a tough decision to make. Like if I see Patrick Mullen start and Shinyushiki starts, there's no way I'm taking Joseph this week on a single game with Like I'll ride the two young guns this week over him in a heartbeat. If I see it's Josie, and I've already kind of mentioned that Josie's kind of my avoid player. If I don't see Tati in there, if Josie is starting, I'm um, not really sold on a third forward. I mean, it's then between really Wando and um, Joseph. And I really think you can make a case for Martinez coming in and playing as a single game week option. Maybe you stash him in the auditory spot on the bench against one of your uh, Finley like I have and just see if Finley's two games can outmatch Josie or Joseph's one game. 
and go with it. But yeah, if I see Mullins and Shinyushiki benched or Mullins and, and Tati not starting that first game, um, Martinez is going to be high on my list of replacements there. Any thoughts me, Mike? Um, I mean, I said earlier, I, I, I'm not looking at him. Um, you know, I think just two shots for, for mostly for like a guy like Wando, who's going to get a bunch of shots and get some, get some bonus points that way. Um, it's just hard. You know, the math usually goes again. Um, if you want to do a differential play, which I mean, is something for me to think about. I, I could see it going there. But as far as like a general advice, I, I think double game week, I mean, unless they're just terrible players like we had, you know, Montreal Uber two weeks back, it's just hard to, to recommend a single mm-hmm. game. Um, I mean, Joseph's very good and, and he can have success this game, but he, he's also a streaky player where he can also just have a good game. So, um, and I mean, most of the time I, that wouldn't bother comparing that against double game weeks where as long as they have one good game, you know, where Joseph has to hit that one game, that that's the kind of considerations that, that I look at. So I don't want, especially because how expensive he is. You know, I mean, one of the problems with this week for me in making team was that the defenders took a lot of money uh, unless you, you know, I mean, one of the reasons everyone has stairs is because he's 5.2. Um, you know, San Jose Thompson, I have 8 million. RO is 8 plus. Uh, and I think that's generally true for a lot of the other big starters that you're going to want to have. Um, the midfielder is generally not cheap this week, uh, I mean, unless you go with a Lewis. There's just not a whole lot of opportunities for you to get cheap picks this week. So I, I think it's hard to go with the Martinez this week. Okay. Yeah, see, I, I, I like this conversation, so I'll keep it going for a minute. Um, I have this need, ha- habitual need to put in three forwards in my lineup. Like, forwards are supposed to get the most points. I struggle to take less than three forwards on a single game week. I'm also the guy that wrote the Golden Rule article on the Fantasy Mullet and not spending any money in the back. And I have stairs, and I'm looking at trying to fit Martinez in there. This is a week where my head is starting to tell me, ignore everything I've, I wrote on that. Do not try to grab three forwards and go ahead and spend the extra money on the back. Go with somebody cheaper. Don't go with the third forward. Make him a scrub. Put an extra heavy-hitting defender on your back line or on the bench that could auto-roo in. I think this is a week where you've got some expensive defenders who should probably pay off for you. And like Mike said, he's got a lot of money on his back line. I just, I for whatever reason, have a hang-up, and I cannot spend that type of money on my back line. If I spend $30 million on a back line between the goalkeeper and three defender positions, that's a lot for me in any fantasy week. So that's my hang-up and why I go with... Um, I say yes to Martinez, but I think this is a week where you may want to listen to Mike and not grab him and put the money in the back. Oh, there we go. Let me and let me put some more numbers on there. If you look at Joseph Martinez's game, um, out of his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, he scored eight, six out of those games, but just eight. I mean, he's gotten two goals once. Obviously, he's been really hot recently, but it's just eight. So the question for your double game week forwards. I think it's reasonable is where are they likely to score more than eight? Um, I mean, maybe Martinez has a, like a really great game and he gets double goals, but all he's pretty much getting is his two points for minutes, one extra bonus point, and then the points for the goal. So that's not a whole lot of like cushion if he doesn't score. So he's got to get that goal. 
mm-hmm. and then maybe he's going to get more got to get more because most of your double game week guys you know as long as they start they're starting off with a four you know before they get any bonus points if they get at least one bonus point a game they're at six so that's where yeah. the math kind of comes in and to me, you really got to say, I think Joseph Martinez is getting two point, two goals against Columbus for it to really make sense. I mean, even if you think Atlanta is really good against Columbus, are both of those goals going to come from Joseph Martinez? Or is it going to come from Gressel? Or what are the other myriad of Atlanta attacks? It is a good conversation, but we're going to have to move on now, though. I'll end it just by saying uh, I do like going a fantasy mullet. However, I would easily sacrifice a third forward to get a fifth midfielder because I think that's where the better points mm-hmm. are, not necessarily with the forwards. So let's talk about the players, though, who you want to be the biggest point getter on your team, and that's a captain. So, Blaine, who is your captain this week? Um, we've all kind of wavered on the midfielders and forwards, except for one name. Uh, Zlatan comes to the top of the list. I think he's got to be your captain this week. Zlatan, Mike, what about you? Yeah, same thing. Um, with no, like, I mean, my second, my backup would be um, Erickson, maybe Pozuela, just to do something different. But um, right now I have it on. I, too, have it on Zlatan, so I, I think that's that's a safer bet. It needs to be a double game week guy. I'm pretty sure Zlatan's going to play them both, even though they are traveling up to Colorado. Uh, LA needs those points. So they, mm-hmm. they've got to they've gotta do it, and he's going to be the one that they're relying on. So... There it is, Zlatan all the way. Anybody in chat right now, is there anybody that we've missed that you want us to touch on? Real quick, before we uh, wrap the show up, we'll of course hang around a little bit later to continue to talk, which is another perk for those of you listening uh, later on for wanting to join us during our podcast. We do hang around for some Uh, chats. Yeah. Um, Christian had a question that I think could go on the podcast. He asked if we would like Opara or Quintero this week for Minnesota. Um, Quintero gets an easy no from me because he's been too streaky and I just don't like that price point for the streakiness he's had. Um, he's a good, he's a good candidate to lose you money too. So I just, I can't do it with him. Um, yeah, if you want to double up on Minnesota defense this week, especially if you don't think Houston's going to score on him, um, I think Opara is a solid shout. Um, uh, I have to put him as number two behind Metanair. He's just been so crucial going forward and provide so many attacking opportunities for them um he it's just it's really hard to take opara at his price over metzenaire if you're going to invest the money you might as well go all in and then opara is kind of hiding behind dotson and boxall and a couple of other names that are i can't remember all of them who they're there but he he's always just priced just enough higher than those guys that he's not worth the trade-off when dotson's been getting forward and boxall's just so cheap and when Opara has a good game. Boxel's usually having uh, a not quite as good of a game, but he's giving you as much bang for your buck as Opara is and not costing you so much on your back line. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I mean, Opara's at 9.2, which makes him, is he the most expensive defender? He might be. Oh, Hollingshead, Hollingshead and Robinson are a few others. Um, but, I mean, he's pretty close. He's fifth overall, so... Um, and Metanair is getting pretty good points. I think it's worth saving the point for um, if he can. All right. Good questions 
Right there, uh, Christian Ramirez bench and betting on the Vancouver game. Uh, we mentioned some about the Vancouver game, and uh, I think betting against the Vancouver game is is more of what people were thinking, uh, and that was, uh, I forget which one of you mentioned that. Blaine, did you mention that I, with Mike? I that mentioned Mike? that with Mike. Um, that that could be, be where, oh yeah, with the Willis pick. So that Christian Ramirez, um, I, don't, I don't know, really, I, I think we've already gotten some some better options that that maybe than than ramirez but do you guys have a comment for that um i forget that ramirez is even with houston i mean he hasn't made enough of an impact yet to really stand out as a fantasy viable option for me um i i would hesitate to say bank on that second game i know we bag on vancouver but what is it Danielle henry's coming back for the weekend game I think he'll be back from international break. Crapo has been playing pretty okay. I mean, they're going to be getting their Canadian guys back, which could help out quite a bit. So I just, I, that's two negatives adding up to a don't do it for me is I just don't trust Ramirez yet. And Vancouver could be getting their defenders back. And I'm, is that a home game for Vancouver? I cannot remember. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's a home game for Vancouver, and Vancouver does play better at home. Like I, I wouldn't bank on a striker on the road against a, a team that's going to be getting some of their players back. Well, and that's the the, the question for Ramirez is: Does he play both games? Mm-hmm. So with Elise and Quintero out, um, I mean not not Quintero. Um, y'all know who I'm talking about. Um, what's that? Is it Kyoto? Is that who you're thinking of? Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. The, the Q, um, Q and O. You know, it's <laughs> it's 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 too late in the night <laughs> for me to be more coherent than that. But I mean, I could see him getting the first game and then sitting on the bench the second game. Um, he hasn't mm-hmm. won himself. Um, I mean, the situation with him, gents in general, is I think he was bought as a replacement for Mara Minotas for the transfer that was supposed to happen and then didn't. So. You know, maybe next year if Minotas gets moved over the winter, um, unless Houston decides to kind of rest Minotas and kind of make sure he doesn't get a big injury so they can sell him. I, I don't really know what they're doing. That, that's not a club that's making a whole lot of smarts right now. So that that's a concern for me. That's like Willis is one of those players. I know he's going to play both games. Everyone else with Houston is kind of a shrug. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, we'll take some more questions in a second. Let's wrap everything up now, though, for the rest of uh, the show. So, uh, plugs, Mike, what you got? I'm a plug, uh, Will Burrow, and um, you know, Will Lutz, Joe Joe Burrow, and Will Lutz. God, I'm so tired. Um, thank you for beating the state of Texas for me this this weekend. I appreciate. It. <laughs> Blank. <laughs> Um, nothing big for me this week. I did look at the head-to-heads. I am playing Doyle in oh. MLS. It, yeah, so that's a big one. I'm. I always forget to check, and I never trash talk. But I really want to trash talk Doyle because I rant on the forums, and anytime somebody posts a Doyle article, I usually contradict everything he says. So <laughs> I, I just feel like I just feel like I've got this personal grudge against Doyle, and I don't agree with half oh. of what he says on MLS. So do it. Um, I'll do it. So hey. I think I need to start trash talking. I actually did look, and I looked on the right week. So well, look, I, I'm going to point out that my trash talk to Bobby Warshaw made it in his last article. 
<laughs> I missed that. He sent me that link. Um, it, well, I don't know if it was this week. It was the week before. Whenever New York City clinched the playoffs, I tweeted at him and Doyle to be like, hey, here's your preseason prediction. Are you going to give us a mea couple for these terrible takes? Because they had both predicted New York City to miss the playoffs. So I literally <laughs> had it saved in my phone from the second I saw that article. I was like, I know when New York City makes the playoffs, I'm going to tweet this at them because it's a terrible <laughs> prediction. And I did it. And nice. he put it in. I was like, "Yeah, Mike, that was a fair one." I was like, "No shit, it was fair." <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, you're going up against Weeby, so uh, you get your own MLS battle right there. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, you got your points. Uh, as for me, you can check out everything I over at. One. <laughs> That's right. Uh, check out everything over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. Uh, if you're listening to the show or watching the show on YouTube, you can see that we're also plugging the Discord chat over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. Trying to work that into the show as we record, but at least hang out there. There's a great community we've built up over there on Discord, as well as the community we've already built over at r slash MLS, the subreddit group. A great place to go for tips and share articles, uh, as well as getting some lineups or just ranting. We like to rant a lot over there as well, and it's a good source for that. So thank you so much, everyone. For listening tonight and good luck.